Hi, this is Vuyo from Vuyo Oya Network. Welcome to the Art Radio underscore SA. And thank you so much for joining us. So, uh, welcoming us into the show and setting the mood is Umama Madosini. And the title of the song is Upando Lupelile. Okay, wait, you're going to hear all about it, all the translations, and you're going to understand it as you listen to the show. Okay, so guys, oh, um, so let's say, uh, I think we've got about 57 million uh, people in South Africa, and uh, about 76% of that is like black South Africans, and um, the closest speaking people, they take... Uh, 16% out of that and and I am closer and so for me the show is um it's like it hits home darling it's it's like I am so excited to share my culture with you so uh on Tuesday I attended an event and the title of the event was Ripples of Sound and this event for me was an intergenerational spiritual transcendence gathering a collective libation and celebration of our elders and their influences by breaking the boundaries of age with performances by five emerging culture bearers whose commitment is purely to preserve our culture and to continue to drive its musical practices and performances. So they were celebrating uh, two legends who were also on stage. And uh, the first legend is a Cosa Matriac, the undisputed queen mother of indigenous Cosa music, our national treasure and a living legend. Ladies and gentlemen, Mama Madosini. Mama Madosini is, uh, to say, great. I don't, I, my vocabulary is limited, but um, would you say uh, she's a great uh, musician, a composer, and a legendary uh, storyteller, baby, uh, of ancient life. She uses um, music instrument, musical instrument, umadi, which is a berimbau, isitolo tolo, which is a juice harp, and umhube, a mouth bow. Her music is, uh, is extraordinary, man. It's very unique, not just in its scope, but in its variety and range of feelings it evokes. And um, she's a great influence to these uh, five emerging culture bearers, as you will hear in their interviews later on. And last but not least, the second legend is Madala Kunene, the king of the Zulu guitar. 
Uh, you might know him as well as Bafour. And remember, uh, 60 years, 60 years ago, uh, he studied um, basking in Deben Beachfront with his guitar, which was made out of cooking oil tin. And he was using a fish gut uh, for strings. And he was also on stage. He was also on stage. You know that, um, you know, um, Matala Gunene, uh, he took over Europe, uh, Germany, Denmark, Sweden, Austria, France, uh, Switzerland, you know, to name the list. And, um, and uh, Andreas Wollenweider, how do you pronounce his name? Andreas Wollenweider, yeah, Wollenweider, uh, is a... Uh, that is um, uh, Matala's, um, Matala Kunene's uh, biggest fan, as well as in New York, you know, uh, Keanu Reeves, Keanu Reeves, you know, The Matrix, as, uh, as Matala Kunene's um, uh, uh, biggest fan. But, 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 hmm. you know, what's so impressive is um, when uh, he performed uh, in 1995, I read it somewhere, uh, that after his performance in 1995, uh, Tata Mandela, Tata Madiba, uh, called him, asked someone to call him, and he said to him, It's you again. I wish you could play for me everywhere I go. Legend, is that it? It's legend, Baba. I'm talking, uh, I'm sure you've also seen uh, a documentary, Moving with Madala. Okay, so, you see, now you get why I'm so excited. I was, I was so excited. I'm still so excited. And um, so, uh, we're going to listen. I'm not going to talk too much because I know that once I start, I don't stop. And the next thing we know, it's um, the 45 minutes is up. But... Uh, Today, this week's show, we're going to have a two-part, okay? Two-part, we're going to have the first part of this uh, show and then a second part of the show because I want you guys to have the full experience so that you can also have your own spiritual transcendence. And the five emerging, I don't know why they're calling themselves emerging, uh, culture bearers, I'm going to name them according to their instagram handles and the first one is duma underscore ma duma underscore ma duma is one of the uh of the curators of the show and uh who's also uh heavily uh influenced by uh mama uh madosini but you'll hear that in the interview let me not get to it and then after that um it will be sky underscore africa with uh with k instead of c africa with a k and then after that is odua bongo official and then after that is i am land underscore addicted and uh ketchu uh underscore sound ketchu underscore sound oh my god um ketchu is um music I was so surprised that he even speaks eh? because it's like his, his music and uh, he is um, he Keshu uh, Keshu underscore sound and Duma underscore Ma are uh, the musical 
twin flames, you know. And uh, so they both uh, curated the show. Then after their interviews, uh, we I'm going to be there because after that we're going to have uh, Mama Madosini's interview as well as uh, Madala Kunene's interview. And what is amazing about the elders' interview, they are speaking in their mother tongue. And I will uh, give you a translation of, uh, you know, in a nutshell, of uh, in English, of uh, of their uh, interview, but also it's amazing because to hear, you know, a Zulu and closer sound is so the melody of it. So, guys, uh, so enjoy the interviews. Without further ado, let's go to Duma underscore Ma. doing the Women's Empowerment Academy, 2015, Mindshare is in full swing, but at the same time, there's still this burning desire, man, okay? You're actually a musician, you have music to share. Then the voice, uh, had the auditions. I went for the first round of auditions. Mm. I made it to the second round, made it to the top 100. Oh, awesome. And so now the top 100 are the ones who sing for the judges. Yeah. And if a judge resonates with you, they turn around. So I made it through the pre-TV rounds and I made it to the TV round. So now, just before I go and sing, I was in the last group. I was the last singer in the last group. Mm. So there's like group A, B, C, D. Mm. So is the last singer in group D. So the yeah. judges have seen everyone. And what happened was they filled their quota. So they turned around because there was so much talent. So by the time they got to our group, they'd already chosen top 50. Because the talent was so much. Yeah, yeah. But also what I really think is because in the interview, I was very reserved. I was like, 
not wanting to maybe put my family on blast, communicate struggles, because what these TV people do mm. is they are fishing for a story because they want to brand you as something yes, yes. and sell yes. your pain. Yes, so they that, have to uh, ride that wave. Yeah. There has to be some story. Exactly, yes. sympathy mm. things. So then she was just like, very reserved and she was like I'm just here to sing and I think that was part of the reason why they put me as the last singer because I was so quiet and then they came up to me and the lady who was second last singer and they were like the judges have reached their quota but you can still sing your song because that whole week we were preparing to sing for the yeah, judges uh-huh. they put us in hotels we, yes. we're doing vocal warm-ups with professional coaches like we're practicing our songs we're getting advice we're working with the band mm. then i went and sang my song i got a standing ovation oh my god and then karen zoid yes. people, and was it that afrikaans rock and roll chick. yes I know of her. Yeah, yeah. Karen Zoid was actually, you're a star girl. Where, you must move to Cape Town. And that's why I moved to Cape Town. Literally because Karen Zoid was like, you're a star, move to Cape Town and come and do backing vocals for me. Oh my god. I moved. I was doing backing vocals for Karen Zoid on some shows. Just like that? Just like that. I quit my job at my share. Because my guys, thanks for the scholarship. But... Karen is calling. Yeah, Karen. Cape Town is calling. I don't know Karen's music. It's Afrikaans rock and roll, girl. And I went. And like for the first two months, um, my gigs with Karen were feeding me. And then I got a waitressing job part time. Mm-hmm. And she hooked me up with Zolani from Freshly Grant. Mm. And I was working with her. And then she, they hooked me up with. A musical theater situation mm-hmm. um, at the Baxter so mm-hmm. I was doing some musical theater gigs so I got to move around in different styles of music isn't it just amazing yeah isn't it, it just amazing it that it just divine. falls into place it just, it just it doesn't that tell you that if you have to follow your heart mm. because for Karen saying to you you are a star mm. even though you knew I've got something special but for her to say that you don't even know her music but she just said it and then it exactly. felt like this one is not lying. Um, and then to follow that question and everything mm. just falls into place. Everything just When falls. you surrender, actually. Mm. surrender, Sana, you've got it. It was total and absolute surrender. Then, then Yaya's guess, season, season ends in Cape Town. Mm. And then it was like June, July, August, September. <laughs> Gloom and doom. I was like, wow, why <laughs> did I do this? Where's my shirt? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a different city yes, also. Bra- then I started so you to just really picked up your stuff. Uh, yes. I started to really feel like I don't belong here. I started to experience the racism quite viscerally. Oh. I started to experience it in the waitressing world I was in. I started to not trust my voice. I started to feel like I don't even know how to write songs anymore. I've been singing backing vocals for these people. Like, why did I do this? I can't. I can barely support myself. Every now and then, I have to call my parents and ask them for some support. Mm. And I mean, the service industry will just strip you of your dignity. You know what the uh, the waitress? Yeah, the waitressing. Really, it was just like a very um, the usual, you know, white customers. And also, I was working in restaurants as the only black waitress. So the customer was like, wow, where do you come from? How did you get this job, you know? Oh. Wow, you speak very well. Where oh, do you come yeah, from? You know, yeah, that energy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and yeah, I was yeah. just like feeling very attacked by it. So 
I met Ohoro. I think you were with her at the gig. Right? Oh yes, she was mm. with uh, my friend Lusanda. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Ohoro, Ohoro. No, Lusanda was actually at that gig too. But yes. around this time, Ohoro was like, there is an elderly woman who plays indigenous instruments and she'll be playing at the drawing room and observatory you should you should go and check her out mm. i was like wow that sounds amazing yeah and i had never heard of her i'd never heard of these instruments nothing i yeah. was just like okay let me go away by myself mm-hmm. i get there and i'm like whoa what is this what is this world yes. that makes me feel so deeply rooted in home it's like completely transporting me to home mind you about ekaya it's a very like urban family setting like omakulbam in their own way are quite traditional mm. but my family like very kind of like suburban context mm. where these rituals and this music and these songs weren't very um consistently in my yes. life but i always felt like a pull from a young age i always felt this pull and so when i experienced it i'm like shit this is what i'm looking for this mm. is like um a thing that i feel will heal a whitewashed existence mm. a thing that i feel will give me confidence and give me tools mm. to to have faith in my voice and like sing and speak proudly so I go to my dressing after the show. I was like crying after the show. I was just so moved. I was like this was so cosmic. I had to come here. Mm. So I was like Makolo. Everything sounds good. Like everything that you know. Everything. She was like, "Okay, can I come to Glasgow? Time to get Then one of her granddaughters, Kanisa, was there. Took her number. Then the conversation with Kanisa started. Yes. On the other side of the country, Chobi Amkawagas is studying music mm. um, at Rhodes, mm. and so we are in the similar conversation of trying to find ourselves. She was doing jazz, but we performed together once before. We were both like playing guitar, singing this jazzy folk music. Mm. But we knew we wanted something deeper, so we were. And I guess she's in the throes of the fees must fall movement. Yes. Rose. So this whole like decolonial. Yes. Yes. Yeah. See, at the same time. So now I tell her about you. I just experienced this woman, Kathy Wandanga, and mm. she's like, "That's crazy because this week I was reading about her at the library." Look at that. Yeah, and then. I was like, look, next year, Uncle Dayo come to Cape Town and let's work on a project with her. Let's see what we can do. Mm. I again, I can't like you find the resources because I'm like, there's no way I'm just gonna go, you know, to the Lona and I know how the elderly are treated. Mm. Yeah. Especially um, you know, and you can just imagine yes. what what her living situation is like. Yeah. So Gwakutra in Mobility Fund from Concerts SA. So because of the proposal again of um, we wanted to start an intergenerational conversation mm-hmm. of how do we decolonize our voices but also preserve indigenous knowledge practices and music as people who don't necessarily have access mm-hmm. 
to those things? How do we preserve with Abandu that have access but don't have access to the rich cultures? Yes. And we call it. And we ask for such little money because we were like, we just, we just little fledglings, we're starting out here. Mm. We called Kanyesa, Kanyesa directed us to this guy, Upetro, who was the band leader of Amatong band, Amatosin. And spoke with him, we asked how much it's going to cost to get the material, mm. how much is it going to cost for her time, for us to have two or three lessons a week for mm. one month. And um, then we also want to perform with her. All the funds that we get from the performance will go towards her. Mm. Like, I'm happy, let's do it. And then we did the month of May together. Mm. And she started with the She started with how she first came into contact with the instrument, started the lessons with her, and she fetched it from when she first started playing the instrument. She got what I think was polio when she was a young girl. In mm. like oh. her legs weren't leveled. Yeah. And slowly, slowly, she couldn't run like the other kids and she got very sick. Mm. Um, and yeah, so she was she was starting to get quite crippled. And then Mama Wake, whoop, and then Mama Wake taught her how to play Uhati prematurely because Uhati was reserved mainly for the elder women or the elder men. Like, and you play it at night, and it's mm. like a thing you play your kids or your grandkids before they go to sleep. Mama Wanka used to play it, and Mama Wanka taught her. And she said, Abanyamanana won't be able to play what, but you can. Mm. And a way to almost console that she won't be able to play, play and yeah. run, Abanyamanana. Mm. But here is this gift. Mm. Um, it was that song that we were singing together. Mama get taught her with the song language. So then she just took us on a time traveling journey because she does that. Mama Dosini to me is like um, the queen mother mm. because of the instrument and then the music and then to have someone like that mm. um, that is willing actually to uh, to mm. teach you and um, so that you understand because that's why the culture is dying because we don't have the elders we mm. don't do the storytelling around mm. the fire anymore mm. to carry on exactly. you know the stories you know that's why that's that's what is lacking i feel like it's lacking but let me not uh, take over no you're you. right you're <laughs> right and that gets me actually to this next point is that it's so much wisdom like she knows which trees make which sounds and she knows when oh, to plant wow. when to plant the pumpkin when to plant the butternut that makes the calabashes for what wow she knows what like she that's a library yeah she Emotion. is she's a, she's a living library and i honestly feel that the, the country has a responsibility to preserve her and sustain her and archive this in a meaningful way. And I think I'm trying, um, it's been two years and in Wagile because at the same time, it's like all of us as the musicians that were present at Ripples of Sound mm. are all in our own ways students of Madosin. Mm. Um, some of the others, some of them experienced her in school um, and read about her in books that aren't quite capturing the essence of her and the essence mm. of her story. Um, it's like outsiders who've watched her and they're not like, 
relaying the information in that way. And I think there's a little bit of broken telephone. But I feel like it, it needs to be directly her and archived. Like, she needs a museum. She needs a, like, a floor on the museum or something like this. But you know what? Um, I can't believe I forgot his name. Uh, the Sangoma Sanose Dada Um. Uh, 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 uh. I know what they've done with Tredomoto because also you just have to check like with the times because kids they don't sit down and read mm. books mm. so it would be nice to actually have um, yeah, to form exactly to have all this um, you can record um, instead of a book you know what mm. I mean you've got uh, maybe a YouTube channel mm. or something so that kids it's easy to just click on it and, and then you know and then learn because um, I always feel like the reason why our culture is dying as well is because also as elders, um, I'm older, I'm 40, and then we always try to, um, the way we want to communicate it is according to the old ways. Mm. And because they know it's just going to sit around the fire. Mm. Yes, it is amazing when you do it, this, um, you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of like you culture it when you mm. sit around the fire at this age and do mm. it and listen to the elderly mm. talking, but to reach um, a broader, I, I just feel like now we can have here library mm. online mm. where it's accessible to anyone but also at the end of the day it's like um she needs i don't know how to uh, how to explain it in good english but at the same time i just feel like when she dies it's gone yeah exactly and i don't know much about it mm. you know i'm the older generation mm. from you mm. that is supposed to pass this information mm. to you so that you can pass it to mm. the younger youngsters so that our culture doesn't die because at the moment it dies it's dying. Yeah, exactly and it's like it's very interesting because i ask myself what is the role that capitalism is playing um in the process of preserving knowledge and in the process of also spiritual exchange mm. because it's like we can go and film Matosini every week but for that you know she is expecting some sort of compensation for the work that she's doing which is like storytelling you know of course so it's like you can't you can't just tell her I'm a cool it's a platform and it's like you know you're sharing your story she's like i'm done i've been sharing my story for years yes and my grandchildren when i'm gone what's gonna happen to, to them mm. and but but that's the whole thing that i'm saying it's like it's like someone writing a book mm. when someone writes a book they get published and then they make money out yeah. of it so you can't just um it's it's knowledge that it's gonna last for centuries mm. you know what i mean you can't just go to you don't go to it will be disrespectful actually for anyone to go to Mama Dosin and form them just for the platform. Mm. It'll be disrespectful to the cross culture as well. Mm. Because it's like no one asks, um, I'm not good, I hate school, so I can't even quote any book. But it's like any book, mm. when people write it, they get paid for mm. it. Because mm. at the end of the day, they have to live the legacy, legacy meaning that their kids won't be starving. Mm. Because Mama Dosin is not looking to be famous. Mm. All she's looking is like um, as a compensation for, mm. for passing on the knowledge. It's mm. like books. So, mm shouldn't be about whoever is listening um it shouldn't be about uh, exposure because mm. she's um she's like our national treasure she's past that she's past the need for exposure and actually where has exposure gotten her 
at this stage. And because, at that age yeah, also. Yeah, at this age. And it's so easy for people to take advantage of. Um, it's so easy because it's like Africa is now and uh, everyone is looking on to Africa because it seems like to be the in thing. And mm. I'm so grateful for that mm. because also we're starting to celebrate it more because mm. it's in as well. And then it's, 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 it's nice that it's happening, but it's just it also the fact that you can use because my dressing is open and she mm. wants to share the knowledge. But it's, it's also um, not great for someone to just go and say exposure. Mm. Exposure, she's old now, you know what I mean? She needs to leave a legacy, the legacy of something that is going to last for centuries so exactly. that this keeps going and going. But at the end of the day, also for his family, mm. you know what I mean, in terms of money mm. and uh, supporting the family, that is supporting him mm. as, exactly. an art, as an artist as well because they don't really uh, get much. But they maybe don't. something we should think about. Actually. I really want to think about that, like on how we can um, preserve and like archive her story, but also in a way that is going to make sure that it lives on, but also pays her now for the rest of her days. Yeah, she we need someone to take care of that situation because I'm an auntie who's like performing the managerial duties. Oh, she must be taking, being taken advantage she of is, there. She is, taken, she is being taken advantage of and it's very stressful to watch because she's also, and then at the same time, it's like no one's creating platforms for her anymore. It's like, Amatongo's time is up and most of them were Europeans who took her to the world music festivals and played with her and I mean, for a while it was good, but it also wasn't financially it wasn't sustainable. Oh, but it's financially viable. She was traveling, but it's a big band. Yeah. So it's not Whatever like what they get, uh, it's like they have to share it amongst themselves. Exactly. We have to really, I mean this from the bottom of my heart of this, we have to discuss it further. Mm. Okay, so you met Madosini and... I met her and she taught us, she taught us these phenomenal songs these chants and make on she taught us how to write chants how to write um, little bursts of news in a short but impactful phrase because when look how we're writing these long winding poems you know this case but in this puzzle you can just actually it's hard hitting mm-hmm. it's hard hitting so she taught us how to write these hard hitting chants and wow then it's almost like when she shared this knowledge with us and gave the instrument um the career just started to grow more like my own voice nanakawa did the project called found at sea and we created an ep called ancient sounds in a new world mm-hmm. um at the end of that year and then say release it's on Bandcamp. it's available for free if you want to listen to it Bandcamp. what is Bandcamp? Bandcamp is like a platform similar to um SoundCloud. Oh, so you just Google Bandcamp? Uh, you go back Bandcamp, mm-hmm. found at C. Found at C. F-O-U-N-D at C-S-E-A. Okay. Not lost at C. We found at C. We found. And then it's called Ancient Sounds in a New World. Ancient Sounds in a New World. I'm going to check it out. So that's our EP. Then Okawe, at the end of that year, got an opportunity to go to Vietnam and she took it. Oh, wow. And it's cool because we learned what we needed to learn together and it was a very challenging but empowering project. Mm -hmm. And then we were playing with a double bassist called the Shaquille as well. So it was double bass, two vocals, Wahati and flute. 
It was very dreamy. It was a very dreamy, soft, gentle um, project. Us finding our feet. And then Shaquille Del Bassist moved to America. How I moved to Vietnam. And then the guy who was playing flute was an astronomer and he just went deeper and more into his astronomy. Mm-hmm. Coco was like, what am I going to do? Then that's when I met Ukirim. Mm-hmm. Um, Kirim was studying African music at the time. His ancestors are from Algeria, so North African. Mm-hmm. And he came to South Africa to somehow also connect with that part of himself. Okay. Because he grew up in Germany. Mm-hmm. And he grew up in a German context where his Africanness or his his yeah his Africanness wasn't celebrated mm-hmm. and his parents tried to push it down mm-hmm. to protect him from a, a prejudiced society. Yes, I was gonna say it's always uh, a protection it yeah. with parents when they push it down. Yeah, so they so they tried to do that. And but still that like is a musician, that like mm-hmm. is a guitarist is with him connected obviously through this. And that I will always have those rhythms, Zappa. Algeria, and, yeah. Yeah, from Algeria. And then he went, he started off in Uganda in, in some exchange program. Then he was in Zimbabwe for a bit. Then he came to Cape Town for a short while and he thought, this is where I can live. Then he came to Cape Town. Oh, wow. And we arrived actually in Cape Town at the same time, but we didn't know each other. Mm. In 2016, February, we landed here at the same time. Look at and you. Then, Sat- the universe is conspiring at the bank there. Yes. <laughs> it's divine. It's divine. And um, we met. I messaged him actually as I was coming. I was going to go see my parents that weekend. How did you know of him though? I was in a taxi with the double bassist, Shaquille. Yes. And we were, t- we were chatting intensely. Me and Shaquille were living together for two weeks. Yeah. Um, after we played at Rocking the, the Daisies Festival. And he, yeah, we were just inseparable after that festival. We were yeah. just like inspired by each other constantly. What was the Zedex in me? We're looking at each other. Then some, for some reason he looks outside the window and Karim is cycling past us. And he goes, Google, you need to know that guy. Because Nanakawe are leaving. You need to know this guy. Please add him on Facebook right now. Or let's go on an urgency. He was oh. just like, he was like, add him on Facebook right now. I was like, cool. And then add him on Facebook and tell him that you want to meet up with him. And then I just did that. And it's then, amazing also, as a girl, you were not like, it's a guy. And then I'm asking about personal. Yeah. This kind of thing, you yeah, know? I was but just like, there was something within you also that says, yes, yes, yeah. I'm adding him up. I'm going to. Yeah. Him. I was like, I just followed. I was like, okay, cool. Yes. I'll do it. I'll do it. It was beyond me in a way. It was like a greater, almost, force yes. behind that whole interaction. I was I added Kareem. Then I met him like a week after that at Cafe Ganesh. Okay. We sat down and like, no, Shaquille, the double bassist, came mm. to the meeting. We spoke a little bit and I told him like what I want to do. And it's crazy because the first song I ever recorded for myself in 2012, um, it was I used loops. I used a program called Audacity that I'd never used before. I was like, I want to learn how to record myself. I went, I used loops. I looped my voice, like five different layers of my voice. And I said, God, there's no please can I just have a loop station so that I can do this? You know, I want to because I ha- I hear melodies in my head and I want to create the soundscape. And sometimes it's like you can tell the instruments 
what you want them to play and they'll add their own flair to it which is great but sometimes I want I want the song as I'm hearing it the melodies as I'm hearing it and then Ukirim okay, arrives with this technology that live loops the performance it's on the okay. spot and I was like you are it I was like thank you you're the one I've been actually waiting for for the last five years you're the one and then literally went into his little room where he had his setup mm-hmm. and we just jammed and it was immediately easy we just we didn't even talk Never about do. what we're gonna Flow. do it just flowed he was like this is how the technology works I'm gonna loop you like this this is the rhythm and we just did it the next week after we met we did our first show was like barely any rehearsal so it's because I improvise as I'm on stage but they, when you have that connection yeah. with someone because it's like not a connection of this world like yeah. not a normal connection yeah. he hears you you hear him exactly and then it just flows um, smoothly that's exactly and it all comes together sure. in a mysterious way that you can't even explain it exactly. with yourself but you speak music we speak music we're totally music twins twin flames in music and um, after that we just started gigging everywhere we just didn't stop we're gigging every week and actually after that gig that was successful our first gig I was like Tim I'm gonna move in with you hey and we're just gonna make music mm. he was like cool then I moved in and we were literally just like jamming songs, oh my god jamming, I wonder performing and you're so nice it. just like it was just it was bliss. really blessed it was really blessed it was a blessed interaction and it was just meant to be um And so many incredible opportunities came out of that. You know, opportunities to travel, share our music, um, share our story, which we started calling nomadic future folk music. Mm. But we are nomadic because we don't quite have a sense of grounding in one home. We've moved around so many places. And our ancestors also feel like they're quite nomadic. Mm. And then future folk, because of the electronic influence but folk music because it's music of the people oh, wow. and so that's the genre that we went with I and, love it. And, and that's your sound actually yeah. it fits it perfectly yeah yeah so that's our sound and he was learning from Uma Tosini's nephew yeah now Kerem AUCT who's a lecturer there yeah so they were We were in parallel worlds. Oh, it's so it's so weird because I was just thinking about that. You visit my Dorsini the side, you visit my Dorsini's one relative, and then you arrived at the same time yeah. in Cape Town. Like the universe, it's funny, it's just sometimes you just wish that they could give you a sneak peek mm. because you were probably thinking, am I, you know, doubting yourself, not knowing like in the background, they're actually um, putting all this together for you. It's going to come into place. And then when you meet, it just... It just clicked. It just did I love exactly it. that. So for the whole of last year, that's what we did. Mm-hmm. Uskai is always coming around regularly. Like we jamming, there's a piano there. Uh-huh. It's just a group of musicians where we do like... I want to be there. Oh, Yo, it's so... It's really like such a soul. I've learned, and, and actually Karim is who introduced me to all Otto and Tandega because they were all at UCT together, no, 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 Sky. They were all at UCT together, jamming together. So now this community of musicians in this house in arms just started and I've learned so much from them. It's almost like 
that experience with Madocini was the beginning of the conversation. Mm. And then I met them who were doing the same thing. So the community then starts to grow and, you know, nourish this intention. And then, yeah, we just thought, guys, let's flourish. It's mm. time, Gogo. And separately, we've all been trying because the freelance musician's life is very testing and very inconsistent. Um, I can imagine. So the ripples of sound, I think, was a farewell for Kirim. Mm. And it was also a meditation for all of us to put all of our energy that we've been cultivating together in that house, to give thanks to those that have inspired the sound, mm. but then also in a way to, to project into the futures we feel like we deserve after all the hard work we've been putting in, you mm. know? It's really, I think, the biggest show and I think to have our elders there supporting us oh, wow. um, in that prayer and in that meditation was like I think it's really it was a meditation it was a meditation because I don't do meditation I don't meditate I meditate in my own way and mm. then um, it, it's funny because after I finish your show it was a, for me it was a spiritual journey it's um, I'll always bring it back to me because mm. it, it was unexpected as much as I, I knew it's awesome music and it's gonna be so amazing, you know, to finally, uh, you know, watch live Mama Tosini. Madonna, um, I knew of him, but not really his music. I knew of him. And, um, and then that's all I went there to do. And then I was sitting, I was not sitting because I was dancing all the time <laughs> and just like dancing and screaming. It was like the best night ever. But it was just like a funny thing that um, you you feel like you are you are in this room full of people, but it just feels like there's this spiritual mm. awakening. Mm. Everyone speaks about spiritual awakening, and then I never knew how to uh, explain it. But it just feels like within myself mm. that this is, this is you know the doctor gives you a prescription, mm. and then it's like this was that was my prescription mm. of. Um, I think sometimes also you kind of only live in Cape Town and mm. then the work that I do, sometimes you don't feel uh, balanced as a closer person mm. because also you mm. don't really um, have most of those um, events mm. around happening, like as authentic as your one. Mm. That really uh, takes you to, reminds you where you come from and how beautiful. And it was just a spiritual um, journey for me, honestly. And here, Mama Dosini, there, and then I didn't even know about you guys. And oh, Madala, the guitar, and to have you guys singing, it was just, I was healed. I didn't even know that I needed that healing. I was healed. The, follow, the whole night I was dancing, the following morning I was sick, flat down, because it just felt like I've released. Mm. Okay, I'm making it about me. It was like a detox. It was a detox. Mm. Like something had to break mm. or something had to be open. It's like uh, when you have a boy, mm. it was just like, it feels like something. You know when you have a boy and then you can't move and then it's like, and you don't, you know what I mean? You get used to it. I don't know if I've explained it properly. No, I hear you. And then you get used to it, to this, mm. to this pain. You carry it with you mm. as you go. And then someone comes and then they, what do you call it? Like booms, yeah. How to say? You pop it. Pop it, you yeah. know what I mean? And then they fast and then drain it. Mm. And then all of a sudden you feel, that's how, that's how I can describe it. I love that. I really... I was, there's, there's, there's a whole thing I was thinking, which you rated this because, and the flow of the, of the, of, of, of the of the artists mm. as well. It was just I don't know. We went uh, for a break outside, mm. 
and you still have this high, you mm. know. And then uh, you have this high, and then you're thinking, "Oh my God, I've got it, I've got it." And mm. then you, uh, we went back inside. Uh, that was the uh, second time we mm. uh, performed. And then you're just reaching heights mm. and heights and heights and heights. And it, it was not just me; it was the the whole room. Mm. So, okay, Rem curated the setting of the of the space. Mm-hmm. He organized the generator. Mm-hmm. He organized the lighting. Mm-hmm. So all the physical things. And then I organized the marketing and the flow and the communications. So that's just how our relationship is. We make a good team because he handles the, the technical things and mm-hmm. I handle the flow of the things, the communication, the write-ups, the... Like it's the energy. Racist, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Wow, this was amazing. I didn't... I had no idea how it was going to go until I was in the room. I didn't know who was going to play when, what we were going to do. So I wrote it down when we were setting up in the afternoon. Like, okay, this makes sense to do it like this. Really? Yeah. That easy? Yeah. I wrote it, but I've been thinking about it, but I just hadn't like put it down. Yeah, okay. And then... Yo, it flew. The way it flowed, it was... I was so glad. For me, it was my med- your medicine. I'm so glad. <laughs>